0: I'm Brandon Isle with BYU-Idaho Radio. Joining me on the phone is State Representative Britt Raybold. She's of District 34B. She sits on the Appropriations and the Environment and Energy and Technology Committees, as well as the Ethics and House Policy Committee and Resources and Conservation Committee. Britt, thanks for joining me.
1: Brandon, it's a pleasure to be with you today.
0: Now, we just heard the governor's state of the state address this afternoon, and he had a lot to say, but I wanted to get just your initial reaction.
1: I think Governor Little highlighted many of the accomplishments that we've managed to achieve over the time that he's been in office. Uh, It's been a definite partnership between the legislature and the governor to secure those wins for education and transportation and just ensuring that our state continues to meet the demands of a growing population. So I viewed it as a a win for all involved.
0: Yeah. Are there any particular things that he mentioned in his address that really strike a chord with you?
1: I think it's made a big difference that we've increased starting teacher pay. I mean, one of the ways that we can attract more teachers into our public schools is to ensure that teachers feel like there is an avenue for them to secure a salary that makes it possible for them to support a family and, and to be here in Idaho and be successful. So, you know, that definitely, you know, hits the mark. I also think it's incredibly important that we raise the safety standards that we have on our roadways. You know, transportation and our ability to uh, conduct commerce safely and, and move around the state is a contributing factor to our economic success. And, uh, of course, I have a, a personal interest in the investments that we've made in water. Uh, Whether it was uh, the additional infrastructure that went in for drinking water and and wastewater facilities, which in many communities were not just decades old, but were the original systems that were placed into these communities back when they were founded. And so it was a situation where um, we had a lot of really positive things happening. And as a result, because of the wise financial stewardship that we have as a state with a balanced budget amendment, we were in a situation where we could do a lot of good for the folks in Idaho.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the balanced budget, um, where that's so important in our state. And for the last couple of years, we've had a surplus. Um, this this budget outline looks a little more conservative than past years. We don't have extra federal money coming in and whatnot. Um, does, does it look good to you, how he's outlined this budget?
1: I am always open to engaging with the governor and taking a close look at his recommendations for where he thinks the budget should go. Uh, But realistically, as as part of our role as established in Idaho's constitution is we ultimately have the responsibility as the legislature to establish the budget going forward. Uh, And to your point, we have less funds coming through in large part because of the excess funds that were flowing into the state from the federal government during the pandemic period. We're now returning to to what I view as sort of a, a more normal setting. And so we're getting a better feel for, you know, what Uh, actual revenues look like for the state, what our commitments are, where we have to potentially make some adjustments to accommodate uh, lower revenues. Uh, And from like sort of like big picture, uh, I view this as more kind of a return to normal rather than a downturn. It's just we're getting back to how things were prior to 2020.
0: Yeah, more realistic is is a good way to live, I think.
1: It definitely makes a difference, particularly when all Idahoans find themselves in a position of having to make adjustments as things in their lives change. We have a similar responsibility to adjust our budgets accordingly.
0: Now, one of his big proposals in this speech today was $2 billion over 10 years to invest in school facilities and property tax relief. Uh, what do you think about this proposal?
1: Well, one thing I hope, um, and it may or may not have come through as part of the discussion when he was presenting the point, is that the total dollar amount is related to our bonding authority. So, for uh, kind of a shorthand version, we will make some initial investments that allow the state to do bonding and then pass on that um, uh, funds related to bonding to school districts to help with their facilities. So, I want to make it clear that we're not uh, right out of the gate setting aside a, a hard, you know, $2 billion, but it's over time that that amount of funding we anticipate would be available through this process. I think it's going to make a big difference in our rural communities where property taxes for some of these school districts are highly dependent upon agricultural ground as opposed to commercial. And so it creates a scenario where it uh, uh, produces a a heavy burden on certain sectors of our economy and some of these smaller communities to address the need for new facilities and and maintenance. Uh, I think we have a, obligation as, as part of our, our constitutional responsibility to provide that uniform uh, public system of schools that we also ensure that these buildings are safe for our students to be in and that they can feel confident that they can go there during the day and and have a place where they can learn and not have to worry about whether or not there's there's clean water that's available to them or access to other facilities to help them with that learning process. And so to me, this is the the third piece of our additional investments in education. We've Provided the additional funding for teachers, we've provided additional funding for students, particularly through literacy and ongoing training. And now we're looking at the facilities piece and ensuring our students have a safe place to go to during the day.
0: I know this would be somewhat of a change in how Idaho's funded public education facilities, specifically uh, bonding's not different. But so many districts have tried to pass bonds and have failed recently. Um, does does this seem like a big win for districts specifically?
1: I think this is a big win for property owners because at the end of the day, it's going to mean a reduction in property taxes. If we reduce the burden on the local districts in terms of the total amount that's required for districts to go out to bond with property taxes as the revenue to cover those costs, that's going to be long-term beneficial to property owners within these districts. So I think of it as a, as a pathway that helps us solve that underlying facilities problem, while at the same time reducing the burden on uh, property owners and decreasing that overall property tax uh, levy that that people have, um, have have had to make adjustments to over the years as the value of their properties has increased.
0: Yeah. And I know legislators have worked hard over the last couple of years to continue to provide relief to property tax owners. And this would be another way to do that. Um, were, are there exactly. any are there any things that you think the governor uh, missed in this state of the state address?
1: Uh, I don't know so much the question of missed. He only has so much time to get through things. I mean, I know there there are other initiatives that that he's you know concerned about as well. I mean, you heard him mention in passing the uh, uh, expansion of his Esto Perpetua uh, task force to continue to address drug trafficking and now expanding that to human trafficking. But I think in general, sort of as a, a broader discussion, there's a, a desire to invest in ongoing efforts to improve public safety in Idaho and to ensure that we continue to have safe communities. Uh, again, it's it's not a case of uh, I don't think the governor doesn't care about that. It's just there's only so much time in, a, in an address to get through things. Uh, and I think the same thing goes across a number of areas. Uh, you maybe heard him mention in passing some discussion about uh, our success in in treating quagga mussels and our ability to protect the Snake River from that infestation, which in turn would have had an impact on the state's economy. Longer term, there's probably going to need to be some continued investments to ensure that we are proactive uh, with that kind of invasive species planning. And so I'd anticipate that there's more discussions in that arena, too. But those are just two areas that kind of give you an idea of I think these are things that, that remain on the governor's radar and are, are of importance to him and to the state as a whole. But again, you know, with only so much time, you you cover what you can.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's so many things to talk about and so many things that Idaho is doing well with Um, where we're growing, we're we're doing so many things. As the legislative session gets started, what are some of your priorities? What do you want to work on?
1: So as you know, with my service on the Joint Finance and Appropriation Committee, I spend a good chunk of my time working on the budgets. And so my number one priority is sitting down and working through the information that the agencies have provided, comparing that to revenue forecasts, and doing my best to work through what uh, we've identified as a legislature, what the priorities need to be for the state, and figuring out how we get to that balanced budget that, that we're you know required to by the Constitution. Uh, from a policy standpoint. I'm working on legislation that helps protect our critical infrastructure. Uh, it may not have made headlines on our side of the state, but uh, last year there was a gentleman who uh, opened fire on the Hell's Canyon uh, power station. And right now the state of Idaho doesn't have anything in statute that allows for us to provide any sort of enhanced penalty or charges for an individual who is attempting to destroy and impede uh, when it comes to our critical infrastructure. And so I'm looking to increase the penalties with that. Uh, I'm also working uh, with some other folks to help increase oversight within our Department of Health and Welfare and ensure that families have an avenue that they can seek recourse to you know, ensure that, that their rights are being protected and that their children are being looked out for uh, if they ever engage with or have services that they receive from the department. Uh, in short, there's just there's a lot of different things that are going on, and I'm excited to get to work and I'm really glad to be over here on Boise. district yeah.
0: thirty four. Well, we're so grateful to have such good legislators over in Boise. And uh, tell me a little bit about I mean, you go through so many pieces of legislation each year. What does that process look like for you? How do you stay on top of all of the the bills?
1: How do you avoid drowning under all, all of the bills that seem to, <laughs> to <laughs> right. pop up as the session goes? Do you know, it comes from a lot of ongoing collaboration with all legislators. So I can't be in every single committee hearing. So I can't hear the public testimony. I can't hear the questions that are asked about different pieces of legislation. So as legislation works its way through the committee process, and if it receives that you know support from the committee and then works its way up to the floor, I'm reaching out to members of the committee who who were there who were you know who were uh, able to participate in that testimony and ask questions you know to review the language of the legislation itself but ultimately i'm I'm looking for whatever insight they can provide to me because they're the person that was in the room when it was presented and the same goes for anything that i'm working on where i'll have fellow legislators come and say hey can you help me understand better what's going on with this legislation what do i need to know about it how could it potentially affect my district or affect the state uh, because as a part-time legis- uh, legislature We don't have a lot of staff running around uh, doing work for us. We're doing all the legwork. We're reviewing all of the legislation. And so it's really to our benefit that we have strong working relationships where we can communicate with each other and ask these questions and get answers to help us better understand uh, what we're being asked to either support or, or to help fix or to resolve underlying issues. Um, it really is a, a joint effort that benefits when we all share our expertise from our different backgrounds and our participation on these different committees. Uh,
0: recently, the well, not recently, but over the last few years, the Republican Party in Idaho has begun to divide. And there have been um, some things happening over the summer that has further divided the party. What has that been like for you and how would you characterize what's happening within the party?
1: My number one priority is to my district. I am a member in good standing with the Republican Party in the state of Idaho, and I see no reason why I can't continue to do that and serve my district and make it my priority because that's the oath that I swore. I swore to uphold Idaho's Constitution and the U.S. Constitution and in my capacity as a representative for District 34. That's my top priority. So when it comes down to what you know, what, what's happening within the state party or the discussions or the disagreements that are happening. That's for the individuals within those positions who are who are running the state party to work out amongst themselves. My focus is on serving Madison County and the folks who live in our community.
0: This is an election year, and I know the legislators try to wrap things up in a timely manner uh, and get back home to talk with constituents. Are you running for re-election?
1: Oh, yes. I fully anticipate running for re-election, And when the time comes, I will file and provide an official announcement at that time. But right now, my focus is on doing the work during the session.
0: All right. Representative Britt Raybold of District 34, seat B, thank you for joining me today.
1: It was a pleasure. I hope that we can speak uh, in the future as the session progresses and that we can continue to share information about what's happening over on Boise with the folks in Madison County.